we're talking about from broke down to breakthrough. That's our series, from broke down to breakthrough. And so last week we talked out of Psalm 51. We talked about the prayer of a broken heart. And so that, that aspect that David was coming from was the aspect of if I have messed up and I know that I'm out of the fellowship of the Lord, what must I do to come back? I have broken down because I've been doing some things. Now we come from point of Elijah, and Elijah's coming at this point, and this is the point of Elijah. Elijah says, look, I've done it. I want, you, I want to give you the resume before I give you the title of the sermon. The resume of Elijah before chapter 19 is this. He's a man that came and came to Ahab and told Ahab, Ahab is not going to rain. And it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And so for three years, it was a drought. At least three years, there was a drought in Israel. Then after he left Ahab and told Ahab that, he then, God said, I'm going to hide you by the brook. And when I'm hiding you by the brook, the truth is I got you in open sight, but no one's going to touch you. And you know what? While they are going through their famine and their drought, I'm going to feed you by ravens. And you're going to be by the brook. And we had a sermon some months back about that. And so then, Elijah, I'm going to uh, make the brook dry, and I'm going to move you to a foreign place, to the widow's place. And, and there, she's going to be on her last nickel and dime. And there, you're going to bless her and say, come on, the barrel is not going to empty out. And then, her son is going to die. And Elijah, you're going to do some prayer warrior work there. And that sun is going to rise. And then Elijah, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to tell you, go back to Ahab and tell Ahab and over 800 of his prophets that, you know what? You can't do the work of the Lord. You are in, you are in some demonic presence. You're in some mess. And so I'm going, you're going to have a contest, Elijah. And they're going to pray and do all the things they want to do all day, but nothing will happen. And you, Elijah, alone will pray to God, and what, what's going to happen? Elijah, fire will come down out of heaven. Elijah, all of this is going to happen. But you know, it's a show that I watch, and, and, and in that show, the guy says, I've gotten too big. Well, for Elijah... He had done so much in all of these years, years, that Ahab told Jezebel, and this is where we find verse 19, Ahab tells Jezebel everything that happened. Now I want you to understand, Ahab and Jezebel's relationship, Jezebel wears a pants and he wears a skirt. And so Ahab told Jezebel, she said, you know what, I got something for him. I got something for him because I'm, I'm getting tired of hearing about Elijah. And this is what we find in verse 19. And it was told to Joab. I'm sorry, I'm, let me skip. I was in 2 Samuel. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And, he, and that he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thou life as the life of none of them by tomorrow by this time. Uh, you can go ahead and kill me? Cool. I'm going to kill you, Elijah. By this time tomorrow, you will be dead. Elijah had been through all of this, but this one statement, now this is the first statement that Jezebel has said of this nature and direct, and she was hot. And she, because remember, she is the one that introduced Baal worship into the land. And she is hot 
And she's telling you, I really don't care what they're going to do. I don't care what your God is going to do. Because I'm going to tell you, tomorrow you will be dead. This is what Elijah said. Then, and when he saw that, he arose. He just got up. Man, I got to go. He got up and arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Remember, Ahab is the king of Israel. It's like he's the king of Texas, and then he's got to go next door to Louisiana. And so he's not just going to say, well, let me go to Fort Worth. He says, I have to leave this country. I'm out. I'm out. Because I'm leaving for my life. This lady wants to kill me. I'm leaving today. He didn't think about it. He didn't pray about it. He didn't say, well, maybe I should consult with somebody. Maybe I should get a bodyguard. Maybe I... No, he said, I'm out. This is getting a little too deep for me. And so he leaves. And he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down on a juniper tree. I just want to start right there. The sermon today is, I quit. What happens when you get to the point, last week we talked about broken heart, but you now at the point this week, you quit. Have any of us, have anybody quit a job? You just quit? Have any of us quit with no two-week notice? You just walked off the job. Praise the Lord. Okay, y'all do that. Now, I have not been that bold without the two-week notice or, you know, hey, thank you, you know, for, this, for being here. I just found another opportunity. You know, you try to make nice, so I won't burn your bridge. Now, y'all for who just walked off the job, y'all some bold somebody. Y'all say, forget y'all. But we all come to that point where we are ready to quit something. Amen? Some of us have been ready to quit our marriages. Some of us have been ready to quit our relationships. Some of us have been ready to quit the church. Some of us have been ready to quit God. And here Elijah's like, I'm tired. You know, I've done all of this. And now this lady's trying to run up on me, Lord. This lady wants to kill me. I just put to the sword all her prophets that were out there. I embarrassed her in front of everybody. Because in my prayer, Lord, I said, if I'm that man, rain fire down. And you did it. And this lady, everyone in Israel knows it. Because they went and bowed down to you. It's not that I just did it, but the reaction of the people is, then they return to you. And she's not happy. She wants to kill me, Lord. I quit. I quit. Because she wants to kill me, and Lord, you know what? You can just take my life. I'm done with this. Some of us have come to the point, and I work for the Lord, we're tired. Some of us, and, and our work is not just church stuff. I want you to understand, your work for the Lord is not on Sunday. It is not that he did this on the Sabbath day. He was doing some work on the other days. Your work, if you're a teacher, your work is at your schoolhouse. If, and if you are, or whatever profession you have, you have a ministry Every day, all day, you have a ministry. We are always to serve the Lord. That's why we pray in season and out of season. We don't stop being a Christian just because you're not in church. That would be a sad fact. And I know some of us have gotten to that point. We are at that point that we're only Christians on Sunday mornings. But God is saying, no, I want you to be a minister all the time. So Elijah has been ministering all the time. Have you been ministering at your job? When people see you, do they see the light and salt of Christ in you? Do they see that? 
what do they see? And when you see that, if you are that, how are you treated? Because see, many times we had to get down to the point, yes, I quit, but we got to get to the point, why are you quitting? First of all, you're in fear. You're in fear. See, uh, Elijah in this moment is in fear. He is in fear because he's like, this lady, she's not going to try to kill me next week or some threat. She's saying today is the day. Let's get it going. I don't care what you want to say. I'm just giving you a little head start time. But what has stopped us in our fear? Some of us have quit certain jobs because we fear the work that they're trying to give to us. Some of us have quit certain jobs because we fear... Or let me backtrack. Some of us have quit certain relationships because we fear how they're loving us. We, we fear, can I be treated like I was treated in my last relationship and this one? So you know what? Before we can get there, I quit. We're out. We fear. Fear holds us bound like a person in a jail cell. The next thing, or why we quit, because we feel alone. Marriages do not stop because you feel like that person with you. You are not being, you are not going to divorce court because that don't even sound reasonable, does it? Well, she's with me, she loves me, but I'm going to divorce her. No, you feel alone. You want to justify it. I feel alone. No one's with me. I haven't seen her in many days. She comes home late. Or on the flip side, you quit your job. I'm the only one working. Why should they benefit from me? And da 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 da. So we quit. Now on your lunch break, that's the only time that you want to really have some real work. Because on the other time, what? You, you let everybody call you during the work day, but don't call you on your lunch break. Because that's on your time. Anyway, side note. So we get to a point where we are alone. So we have fear. We have, we're alone. And then the last thing, we lack trust. See, it came to a point where Elijah lacked trust in God. At any point, do you see him talking to God? Then he talked to God when the messenger, uh, did Jezebel come to him or just a messenger? Meantime, we are fearing what could happen, right? The fear is the fear of the unknown. Jezebel has not come with the sword or anything. If Jezebel was going to kill him, why didn't she send a, the, the messenger with swords and everything right there and then? He lacked trust in God. Many of us will quit because we have lacked trust in God. Do we believe that God wants me here? Going back to our marriages, we lack that God has a, a, a anchor through the storm. Because what, what's going to happen in our relationships? You're going to have some bad days, right? I don't care if you're married or not. Some of your friends that you have, there are days where you hate them. I say that strong one, hate. They have done something to you. You don't want to talk to them. You don't want to see a text from them. You don't want to see an email. You don't want anything to do with them. Then if you're married to somebody, now you got to live with somebody. So it's even heightened. You are at a time you don't want to be bothered with them. And I don't care if you want to talk about Obama and Michelle. Everybody's gone through a season where they have gone through a dry spell, where there's been a drought. And so then do we lack trust in God that I'm supposed to be here? Many of our divorces, Christian divorces, are at the same rate as those who are not Christians. Many of our divorces come at a point where we have not trusted God. We have not talked to God. So these are the things why we quit. 
So here's at that point, I, I'm going to quit, Lord. I'm going to quit. But you see, we have some juniper trees in our life. Juniper trees of life. Let's go to, to read verse 4 through 8. But he came to himself, went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested of himself that he might die, and said, It is, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. We come to a point where we are feeling so sorry for ourselves. We have a pity party. We're like, I'm not better than Moses. I'm, I can't handle the things that my forefathers went through. But we forget that our forefathers didn't have the strength either. They had the strength of the Lord who renewed their strength when they were weak. But he's come to a point, Lord, I've had enough. Have any of us come to the point where we said, I've had enough? You are tired of the persecution at your job. Some of us, names show up on the internet, in the newspaper, through people's mouths. We want to tell somebody, you better keep your name at my mouth. At your mouth. Not my mouth, your mouth. We come to that point where we say, I've had enough. You're tired of the so-called stress. I've had enough. You're tired of the so-called, all the people talking about you. I had enough. You're tired of all the things that you're going through. You're tired of when your bank account gets low. I've had enough. Just in this, Lord. In this season. That's what he's really saying. Yes, he's saying in my life, but he's telling you in this season. Many of us want us to move from this season to the next. Lord, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of going through this. Move me on out. The Lord has gone through this in the Bible many times. Moses got tired of the Israelites. He hit the rock. He was not supposed to hit the rock. David was supposed to be in the season of warfare last week, right? But he was at home with looking at Bathsheba. Many of us don't want to be in the season that God has given us. We want a new season. But why did God give us this season? The truth is not even the why, but let us experience. Let us, this is what God said, I need you to go back and trust. I need you to go back and believe that I have the best interest at your heart. There are times that in your relationships, in your relationship with me, it's going to be some dry periods. But understand, I am still the same God that gave the Israelites manna. You may not understand this. You may say, I don't know what this is, but it is a blessing to you. That's the type of God I am. And so we go from on that juniper tree. He says this. And as he lay, he slept on a, a juniper tree. Behold, then an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. When we are in these times, these juniper trees of life, God is saying, you're going to be waiting on me. Because in the end, I am the one that holds your hand. And you're going to wait on the Lord. You should wait on the Lord. The Lord many times tells us of the promises he can give us if we wait upon him. God has said he will take care of us. He will give us our daily bread. Here, he tells Elijah, the angel says, get up. And it's time to eat. The angel does not say, well, okay, I got the sword. I'm ready to end your season. No, he does. He has heard his cry. But God says, I have a blessing in response to your cry. I have food for you to eat. I have nourishment for you. I have the things that you need. Many times we are at a point of talking about what we want and God responding to us and what we need. He needed 
something to eat. And not only did he give him something to eat, he gave him something to drink. Many of us are thirsty for the attention of the Lord. Many of us are thirsty for, for, for the peace that we are desiring. Many of us are thirsty for the stress to go out. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to give him food for his body, and I'm going to give him a uh, drink for his thirst. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to lay you back down to sleep. I don't know about you, but it has to be something for the Lord to tuck you in. I know my daughter asked me to tuck her in nightly, repeatedly. But when the Lord tucks you in, and look at that verse. He says, Arise and eat, verse 6. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on coals. The Lord has been a baker, and a cruise of water at his head. The Lord provided water for him. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. The Lord tucked him back in. Then he gained to verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey... It's too great ahead of you. God will take us through some things that we will not understand. And that's why I say these juniper trees of life, you may not understand it, but God is there still providing for us. He still is there. We, we are on the verge of quitting. This man is on the verge of saying, and now he said, I'm not going to kill myself, but I'd rather you go ahead and kill me and take me on home, Lord. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to do that, Elijah, not right now. I want to take care of you. I want to take, and, uh, and realize where he's, where he's located. He's not in Israel. He's in Judah. He's in the wilderness. He has no one else there except for the Lord. We all have come to that point where we're not at Mama's house. We're not in something familiar. We're in a foreign land with foreign people. They may look like us. They may act like us, but they're not us. And we come to a point where we don't know anybody. But all we have is God. And some of us have come to a wilderness of life where it seems like it's so bleak. It seems like it's like nothing is working the way I want it to work. And we are so tired that we are ready to give up. And this is what God says, I'm still going to take care of you. I don't care if you're in New York City or if you're in Oklahoma, I'm still going to take care of you. I don't care if you're saying you're in a pit of hell, I'm still there for you. I knew you before your mother knew you. I was the one that formed you. I made you beautiful. I made you who you are. I know every part of you better than you know you. And I'm here. And so the journey was ahead of him. A journey was ahead of him. And so... And then we get to verse 8. He arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights until Herobim, the mount of God. And so we get to the point in verse 9. So we went from quitting to juniper trees of life. Now we need to talk about listen and move. When I was a kid, there was a game called Simon Says. Game is still around today. If Simon Says stand up and, and then you just say stand up, you didn't, weren't listening. You got to listen for Simon Says, right? Well, here God is talking to Elijah, and he came uh, thither. And let me get out of the King James for just a second to the Amplified. There he came to a, ca a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Have you come to a point in your life where you are now in tune with God? You're listening. And God is asking you a question to reflect upon yourself. What are you doing here? 
God knows the answer. But God is asking you, I want you to reflect on yourself. Now, Elijah, I want you to understand, Elijah has had at least 40 days, if not more, because it was 40 days of the travel he had to go. And then, before the 40 days, he was traveling into the wilderness at least one day. And remember, he left, what, Israel on his way to Judah to get away from Jezebel. So this man has had some time to really think about, why am I running? Why am I leaving? Why am I don't want to be in the presence of this? Why? Many of us, it takes some time for us to get right with the Lord, right? Because, see, some of us, when we get in the very moment and we're getting confronted with whatever we're getting confronted with, we don't want to pray. We want to act in our flesh. We want to get with you. Amen? I mean, let's really keep it real. We want to let them know. I don't want to hold my tongue. I don't want to turn a cheek. I want to turn my hand on you. And God is saying, no, no, no. Take a, take a pause break. Take a praise break for me. But here, Elijah's had over 40 days to think about that, uh, the response to this. And this is what Elijah says. He says, he replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with a sword, and I, I only am left. They seek my life to take away. He's saying, Lord, I've done the job you asked me to do. And the folks you asked me to go to, they all jacked up. They killed your people. And God, I'm the only one left. Now it's going back to why I'm quitting. If I'm the only one left, <laughs> that's all right, Lord. You can get a job somebody else. Because I'm the only one left. And I can't take all the pressure. I can't take all the burden. And the truth, what God's going to get to the heart of, he's going to talk about how many he has left. But the truth is, are you really alone? Are you holding all the burdens yourself? God is saying no. The truth is, I put one person alone on that rugged cross a long time ago. He was the only one that was going to die for your sins. He was the only one that was going to take every stripe. He was the only one that was going to take every nail in his hands. He was the only one that was going to be in that tomb. But because that only one who took your burdens, who took your sin, you are free indeed. And that was my son. Jesus Christ. And so he's telling us today, you're not the only one. Everything that you are experiencing, my son experienced that. And there's nothing new under the sun for me. And I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. With the stress that you have in your life, understand, I'm walking with it with you. The midnight hours that you have, I'm there with you. When you can't call mama and daddy, you can call me. When you can't call your best friend, you can call me. When you look at your bank account and it does not look right, you can call me. But before you even look at your bank account, before you think about your mama, before you think about your daddy, before you think about all the other folks you can call, call me. Because they didn't create anything. They didn't bring life into anything. They have not done it. I have done it. They were not here at the beginning, and they don't know what the end story for you looks like. But I am that one. And so that's what God is saying. So Elijah's like, this is my excuse though, Lord. And understand, we all got justified while we doing some jacked up stuff, right? Well, she ain't treating me right. That's why I'm out here with these women. Well, well, I, I don't want, they don't, they take all the money anyway. Uh, why I got to do all this work at the job anyway? I can just sit back and relax. He's going to make his money. 
You ever been in the fast food line and they give you a little extra? You're like, oh, this, no, this extra burger is uh, it's yours, sir. And he's like, oh, McDonald's makes money anyway. Here you go. And you're like, okay. Maybe I said that. Maybe y'all have it. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, we all have come to a point where we try to justify our actions. And the same thing Elijah's done here. And so this is what he says to Elijah in verse 11. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. We have to listen. You know the difference between listening and hearing? Hearing is you talking to me. Listening is I'm taking what you're saying and I'm really pondering on it. And I'm going to react to what you have said. I'm not going to talk over you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be quiet for a second. So God is asking, why are you here? He responds to that. Now he tells Elijah this. I want you to go out. I want you to go out before the mountain. And so then the Lord passed, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains, broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle stillness, a still, small voice. Many times we speculate instead of knowing. Well, the Lord didn't want me to do that. Well, why? Because I didn't, I didn't have it. Do you know that for a fact? Or were you just speculating? God don't want speculation. Wait upon him. So here's one thing. Elijah could have speculated. Oh, I know the Lord is going to be in that wind. And he'd been talking to the wind and heard nothing. He could have speculated and said it's got to be the earthquake. He could have speculated and said it's got to be that fire. He's going to treat me just like Moses. It was a small, still voice. And you know what a small, still voice? You got to really listen. You ever had somebody who was a low talker? They low talk you to death. How you doing? It's good to see you. And you got to what? You got to... A small, still voice. Because you know what? God wants us to focus on him. He could have talked to him in the wind. He could have boom, 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 and could have talked to him. He could have talked to him in the earthquake. He could have talked to him in a fire just like he did Moses. But he came to a point, I want you to focus because you are concerned about everything around you. You're concerned about what Jezebel has said through a messenger. You're concerned about everything else. You're concerned about what you heard because you don't know for a fact that every person that I said was a prophet has been slain. You don't know, but you heard that. You heard someone say that. And many of us have reacted to that hearsay of life. We've heard these things going on. So we're going to do this. I've heard. But he's saying, I want you to listen just to me. Because when you got to be in that small, still voice, I can't pay attention to everything around, right? Because when you have that low talker, you can't, you really upset. Can you be quiet for a second? I'm trying to hear. Because he talked so low. Now what you say again? Because they talking so low. And God is saying, I want you to focus on me. Don't pay attention to all the things on the outside. Focus on this inside with me. What happens if we just focus on God and, and, and cut out all the noise on the outside, the noise of, of what's in the newspaper, the noise of what, of what our, our family may be saying, the noise of even ourselves? Because in the end, Elijah's telling himself these things too. 
What if we cut all of that out and just focus on God? So Elijah does that. And this is what God says in verse 12. And, and verse 13. And when Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face and in the mountain went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Once again, Elijah says, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down. See, because I got to keep with the same line now. I've been practicing this for over 40 days. I got this down. They seek my life to destroy it. And the Lord said to him, Go return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you're going to anoint the king there. I, I heard what you got to say, Elijah. I'm going to respond to it at the end. But I have work for you to do. I don't have time for you to have pity on yourself. I don't have time for you to feel sorry for yourself. I don't have you time for you just want to sit down and mope. And God is the God of action. God, I can't even sit down and just cry for myself. You, you have 40 days, Elijah. It's time for us to get back to work. Because, Elijah, I'm more powerful than Jezebel. Because when you get back, you're going to prophesy about how they're going to die. And they will not touch a hair on your head. Don't worry about that. Because what I'm going to do, you're going to start anointing this next generation. Because, see, if I stop doing my work, it's going to stop. But if I do the work of the Lord, understand, it's going to produce fruits. And that fruit is going to produce more seeds. And those seeds are going to produce more fruits. Understand, you are producing a legacy for God that will reproduce itself. And so when he's here, he said, I want you to anoint a king here that's going to affect Jezebel. Then I want you to anoint another king. And then I want you to anoint another prophet. Because that prophet is going to come after you. See, I want you to get back to the business. And stop being in fear. Stop, because the fear has held you still. It's made you stagnant. Some of our churches have become in fear. Where our churches are more of a fortress than a lighthouse. Well, I don't know about these people coming in. They have tattoos and I don't know about their lifestyle. And we then put God in a box that God cannot transform and break strongholds in their life. We say how they came in is the only way they're going to be. But God is saying, you came in jacked up, and look what I'm doing. I'm taking care of the spot and wrinkle in your life. So why are you withholding the cure that I have? So this is what God does. Elijah, we got some work to do. And so he then tells Elijah, he then tells Elijah in verse 18, Yet I will leave myself 7,000 in Israel. He ain't talking about worldwide. He's talking about in Israel, I have 7,000. All the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. I have 7,000. You thought you were the only one? I have 7,000. They are ready on bended knee for me. They have not bent their knee to the world. They have not bent their knee to Jezebel. They have not bent their knee to the mess that you're afraid of. They are standing strong and they have not kissed the mess that, they, that Jezebel is trying to spew out at you. So you are not the only one. God is telling us, you want to quit? Why? Why? Really, why? Get down to the real heart of it. And you want to keep responding back like Elijah. And God's going to have to tell you, Baby, baby, I have a way of escape for you. It's me. We have work to do. Stop 
want to cry and whine and tell everybody everything. Poor, what was me? They ain't doing nothing right. If, I, if they just do me right, I wouldn't have to do these things. I don't know why they want to do me like that. They always want to complain. Understand, I've been there. Friday, I was had the day off. I had to go back into work. And you know, I had to tell the lady uh, who's doing our vacation stuff, oh, well, I got to come back in. Can you just, uh, you know, take my vacation out of schedule? And then she did this. She said, she grabbed a piece of paper, looked at it. She said, okay. Do like that. I'm like, dog, my vacation like that? She said, uh, we all got to put on our big pants on. We grown now. Okay, we grown, but I went in my bag. I thought a little sympathy. You know why? Because we got to get to work. You see, we can be broken hearted, but we have to get to work. God said, you will be weak, but I will renew your strength. God said, you will not be able to do this, but through me, you can do all things. You will face some defeats and failures, but through me, you're more than a conqueror. If you operate through Jesus Christ, I will tell you I'm going to show out. That's why I want to read that tithe, because he said, if you bring to my storehouse, I'm going to open the windows of heaven, and I will produce for you a blessing that will overflow in your life. If you just trust me, it may look bleak, it may be the wilderness, it may look like it's crazy, but trust me, Trust me. So we got to put our big pants on. And we got to start growing. And I'm like, okay, you want to give me a little something for, for Sunday. Because we got to start getting off our milk and getting to the meat of Christ. We got to start growing in Christ. That's what he's saying. We can act like my little daughter who asked the same question over and over again. Can I go to the park? Can I go to the zoo? No. Can I go to the zoo? No. Can I go to the zoo? No. What did I say? No, no. Now it's like, because oh, I flipped it. God is saying, do you got to keep answering the same question? Or can you put on your big boy pants and grow in Christ? And trust me. Because when you trust me, you're going to see what that Jehovah Jireh effect looks like. That more than provider. When you trust me, you're going to see what that Jehovah Shammah looks like. My presence is with you. When you trust me, you're going to know about that Jehovah Nisi. I'm a banner. I am a, I am a champion. You're going to know what it means. You're going to know what, what Adam was so into crying about after he had to leave the Garden of Eden. Because he experienced the presence of the Lord. You're going to know why Moses said he split the Red Sea. You're going to know what it felt like to walk on dry ground because God's going to keep telling you move forward. You're going to know what it felt like to be like Joshua. Just walking around the, the walls of Jericho. Just walking and walking and praising. And then the wall just came down. Because you know what? God is going to take some walls down in your life that you have nothing to do except you just were praising him in the midst of your storm. We got to get to a point of stop fearing what the world is going to do and just trusting the blessing of what God will do. That's what he's trying to do. Now I want you to understand. Elijah had an awesome testimony after this experience. Elijah never died. Elijah, he went up into heaven. Never died. And you know the blessing that he got to give to Elisha? Elisha, all that I did, you're going to double it. But when Elijah had quit right here, there's no Elisha. Jezebel would have won. All of that. What victory are we trying to give to Satan? When we trying to quit? 
We don't need to. We don't need to. Because Jesus told us it, it, it all. I have overcome the world. So you had nothing to be troubled about. My Lord is coming back. My Lord sits at the right hand of his Father. He's preparing a place for me up there. But down here, he's giving me his Holy Spirit to renew me day by day. Amen? Amen. So if you feel like quitting, I'm telling you, don't quit. You need to get your praise on. Amen?